Good morning, and welcome to worship today. Special welcome to friends, guests, and visitors we have with us. We're very glad that you are here. Uh, we have several announcements, so I think I'm probably going to forget one or two, so hopefully if I do, someone will, re will remind me. Um, but take a look at the announcements printed in your bulletin, too. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Vicki Olson helped put together a display for an envelope fundraiser, which is uh, uh, back in the upper narthex. And just to explain that a little bit, some of you might remember that in the middle of the pandemic, we had to replace the roof over here. We had to fix our boiler. Uh, so even though we were all online, we had to quick do a, uh, a capital campaign to try and get those things fixed. And as per usual, uh, Trinity members came through amazingly, uh, especially given the circumstances. And uh, we got a loan from our uh, foundation, and it's almost all the way done. We only have about $1,500 left of that loan. And so, but we've been kind of carrying around that for a little bit, so we just want to get it over and done with. And so the idea here is that if we fill all of those envelopes on that board, we'll have that covered. And so if you look at the numbers on there, you just grab an envelope with a number you feel comfortable with, you put that amount in the envelope, and if we do that, uh, we'll take care of that boiler loan, we can put that behind us. So I just want to thank you again for, for all the ways that you've um, helped make that happen during a challenging time. But uh, I, I think together we can, we can uh, kind of, uh, what's the metaphor I'm looking for here? Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, yeah, we, we're, we're retired the debt. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate, uh, celebrate. Uh, yeah, you can take more than one envelope. That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> so take a look at that. And if you have questions, feel free to talk to me. Um, coming up on... The 29th will be our annual meeting of the congregation. Um, got some, uh, our usual business of passing a budget and presenting the annual report. We got a couple of other items on that uh, agenda. Um, but I wanna emphasize uh, that we're gonna have chili afterwards too. And if you are interested in bringing a crock pot uh, of chili or bringing a side, there's a sign up in the back for that because we'll We'll do our business, and while we're doing that, we'll be smelling chili, which will help us be efficient, I think. So. <laughs> and in preparation for that, um, for that meeting, there are a few items on our agenda which uh, I just want to take a little bit more time to explain in case anyone has questions. And so we're going to have a listening session after church next Sunday um, about our solar panels and about a proposed easement from MG&E. I'll probably give a little update too on some conversations we're having about our sound system. Um, so that's, there's no decisions being made at that listening session, but I sometimes just like to give people some information and give you some time to think so that when we come to the meeting on the 29th, um, that will give you a chance to uh, uh, be prepared for that meeting. We'll also install our council um, next, uh, next Sunday. I, I don't want to put them on the spot, but I'm very excited to see Catherine, Aaron, and DeAsia walking in who are coming back from Puerto Rico. So <laughs> let's welcome them back. <laughs> so, sorry to draw attention to you right as you're walking in, but I uh, was uh, excited to see you coming. <laughs> Catherine and her family have been in Puerto Rico since August, September, so we're excited to see them. Uh, Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. There is a 
a Martin Luther King Jr. Day ecumenical service in Madison that takes place uh, this year at Blackhawk Church on the west side. Um, that's at 4.30 today if anyone is interested in that. Uh, I think that was everything except um, I did want to take a little bit uh, at the beginning here to celebrate a couple of birthdays. Um, Vicki Olson, I believe your birthday was yesterday, right? Yesterday, so happy birthday to Vicki. And then Don Knutson's birthday was yesterday. It was the, your 90th birthday, is that correct? And then Joyce's birthday was also in December, uh, 90th birthday as well. So let's sing uh, and celebrate with our, our friends. Uh, happy birthday to Vicki. Oh, oh, and Aaron. So we got, we got four birthdays. A any other birthdays? And Andy? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So we got, so you got Aaron, Andy, Don, Joyce, Vicki. <laughs> and Jaden? <laughs> Jaden? Let, let's say dear friends in, in the. <laughs> so, and uh, after this, yeah. birthday. Are there any other announcements we should make today? If not, we'll begin our service with our prelude music.
please stand as you are able and face throughout your whole time. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who makes all things new, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. Holy One, source of our renewal, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We have not practiced your righteousness. Our hearts have turned away from you. For the sake of the world you so love, forgive us that we may be reconciled to one another for the glory of your holy name. Thus says our God, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare. God's mercy makes us new. We are forgiven in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. God, our maker, in the depths you form us, in the waters of baptism you make us new. Stir up the water in our hearts, make a new song on our lips, that we might know you with our whole being, and follow when you call our names. Amen. Please be seated. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was still in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant. Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward with my God. And now the Lord said, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One. To one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers, kings shall see and stand up, princes and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Word of God, word of life.
in the great assembly. I have not restrained my lips, oh, nor have you The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you were called to be the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks. Gospel according to John. Glory to you. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, 
which is translated Peter. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace be with you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before we get started, I hope you'll allow me just a moment to do a little bit of complaining. Uh, (laughs) Because after that, I'll pivot uh, from complaining to three reasons why I love this gospel text from John. So first of all, just to whine briefly, uh, I find it a bit confusing that we jump to John's gospel this week every year. You see here at Trinity and in many, many churches around the world, we follow a schedule of readings called the Revised Common Lectionary, which assigns us a readings for each Sunday. And every year on the second Sunday after Epiphany, we're assigned a gospel reading from John's gospel. And on the one hand, I understand why we do this. Epiphany is a time of revelation and illumination. And these stories from John are some of the classic ways that Christians have come to know who Jesus is and what God is doing through him. But on the other hand, it's always kind of annoying to me as a preacher when we uh, jump all over the place in our lectionary. Uh, This year is the year of Matthew's gospel, so most Sundays when you come to church, you're going to hear a reading from Matthew's gospel. Last week we heard Matthew's version of the baptism of Christ, for example. But now, just as we're getting into the story of Jesus from Matthew's perspective, we jump into John for a week and we kind of have to readjust our hearing again to put ourselves in John's world and John's understanding. And while there are many similarities between Matthew and John, uh, they are quite different in some ways in the ways that they present Jesus and his significance for us. But that's enough kvetching for today, right? Because the truth is, I love this text from John's Gospel. And let me share three reasons why. First of all, John, to a greater extent than the other Gospels, presents the life of faith in a relational way that centers around witness. The way that we witness to one another, the ways that we receive faith through the witness of other people. That faith develops for us and is shared through witness, through people that we trust. For example, the verb to bear witness only appears once in Matthew. It only appears one time in Luke. It appears zero times in Mark, but it appears 31 times in John's Gospel. Likewise, the noun witness, that a person is a witness, appears only three times in Mark, once in Luke, zero times in Matthew, but it occurs 14 times in John. So that's just one way to see how central witness is to John. It's an important theme. We come to faith, according to John, because trustworthy guides have pointed us to Jesus. In some ways, this is the whole purpose of the gospel, to bear witness to us. As John will say at the end of his gospel in in the 20th chapter, these words are written so that you may come to believe in Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing in him, you may have life in his name. In other words, the whole Gospel of John is meant as a witness, as a sign pointing us in the right direction. If you've ever been on a road trip, if you've ever tried to follow directions, you know how important it is to have good signage. And John's Gospel is meant to be a sign, 
pointing us in the right direction. We can see the centrality of witness in the first chapter of John especially. John the Baptist, whom we encounter again this week, uh, is described as a witness. John came as a witness to bear witness to the light, John 1 verse 7 says. And in our reading, John provides a witness, a testimony. He testifies about who Jesus is and who Jesus will be for us. According to John, he is the Lamb of God, the preexistent one, the one on whom the Spirit descends. He is the Son of God, according to this witness's testimony. If you've ever been to court or if you simply follow court dramas on TV, you know how important it is, how key it can be to have trustworthy witnesses on your side. A trustworthy witness can point you in the right direction. And the message of our reading seems to be that John the Baptist is a witness that we can trust, one who can point us in the right direction. The theme of witness continues in the second half of our reading with the calling of the first disciples, too. But the second thing I love about this story is that it presents an invitation to you, an invitation to us. Jesus' first spoken words in the Gospel of Mark is a declaration. Those familiar words, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. But in contrast, in the Gospel of John, Jesus' first spoken words in the whole Gospel is a question. His first spoken words are, what are you looking for? Two disciples of John uh, hear the two disciples of John hear the Baptist say, look here is the Lamb of God, and they feel themselves drawn to Jesus. They begin to follow him. And when Jesus sees that they're tagging along, he turns to them and says, what are you looking for? And those are his first spoken words. I love this question because it gets at the root of where so many of us are on most days, right? I imagine there are some of us here who don't really feel like we have it all figured out or even very much of it figured out, but we feel drawn to Jesus, even if we're not sure why. I imagine there are some of us here who feel drawn to Jesus. Uh, maybe this is your first encounter with Jesus and you're still trying to figure out what makes him special or why he might matter how you might encounter him in your life. Or maybe there are some of us here who have been part of the faith for a long time, but our faith has changed and evolved over time, and the old pat answers are feeling less sure or more confusing. You may still feel drawn to Jesus, but you're not sure what to say beyond, uh, that, his, uh, beyond that about his significance for you or for the world. If you find yourself in one of those spaces this morning, hear this question of Jesus directed to you. What are you looking for? I often like to use this text with confirmation students because that is such a searching time of life. It is an invitation from Jesus to seek, an invitation to question. It's an invitation to state honestly in the presence of the Lord our deepest longings. Part of what I love about this text is that it presents an invitational pa uh, path of faith. It's not a coercive one, but one that invites us along the path following our deepest longings. The two disciples have an interesting response to Jesus' question. It's not 
particularly profound, I think they maybe panicked and just thought of the first question they could come up with. So they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus responds with yet another invitation. If they didn't catch the first invitation, here's another one. He says, come and see. This is an invitation that comes up several times, that phrase, come and see, in John's Gospel. According to John, Jesus is the one who makes the invisible God known to us. As John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. When Jesus says, come and see, he is inviting you, he is inviting us, to encounter God in and through himself. Christian faith, in this sense, is an invitation to an encounter more than it is a list of doctrine that we have to force ourselves to believe. We don't have to figure it all out before taking the first step. We just need to hear the words of Jesus calling us along step by step, responding to an invitation, come and see. If you hear nothing else today, hear that invitation from Christ to you, come and see. The third thing I love about this text is Andrew, and maybe that's a little self-centered, uh, but I was named after this disciple, after all. <laughs> Andrew plays a fairly small role, especially as compared to his brother Peter. He only really does something. He's there, you know, he's in the picture in a lot of stories, but he really only does something three times in John's Gospel. But something that's unique about him is that each one of those three times, he brings someone with him to Jesus, he doesn't quite know what else to do. He's just like, I got to get this person to see Jesus, and that'll, take, that'll be enough for now. In the first story, he brings his brother Simon. He has this encounter with Jesus, and he says, I've got to go tell my brother. So he goes and grabs his brother and says, come meet this guy. We found the Messiah. And then in the story of the feeding of 5,000, they're all racking their brains for what to do with this hungry crowd. And the only thing Andrew can do is say, I, I found this small boy who has five loaves and two fish. It's kind of a comical thing, right? He brings this boy with very little food to feed a crowd, but he's like, at least if I get this boy to Jesus, something might happen. And finally, uh, he and Philip bring this group of Greeks to meet Jesus, the, this group of outsiders. Again, uh, not very innovative, but he says, I got to get this group at least to meet Jesus. So he doesn't appear very much, but every time he does, he brings someone in to the presence of Christ. What I take away from Andrew's story is that when Jesus invites us to come and see, we will also be driven, even if we don't have it all figured out, to invite others. We become witnesses of the word made flesh in Jesus because Jesus said to Andrew, come and see, and Andrew says to Peter in so many words, come and see. And that's the invitation for you, but it's also the calling for you. In worship today, you are invited to encounter God in the person of Jesus. Our life together should be one big invitation to come and see what God is doing. It's worth pausing to wonder who was the Andrew or the Andrews in your life who first invited you to come and see. For me, I think of people like my Uncle Paul, who is no longer with us, but who was the sponsor on the day of my baptism. I think of Sunday school teachers and friends and mentors and camp counselors like Rob Nelson and mentors like Mary Albing, who in so many ways said, come and see what God is doing, Andy. 
God used them to invite me to come and see who invited you. And the next question, the one that comes after that is, who will you invite to come and see? We are called to be witnesses to the love of God in Christ Jesus because we encounter God's great love for the world in him. So hear the voice of Jesus speaking down to you through the centuries, through the words of scripture. What are you looking for today? Are you looking for peace? Come and see. Are you looking for clarity or purpose? Come and see. Are you yearning for acceptance? Come and see. Are you looking for a relief from fear or pain or confusion? Come and see. Are you looking for companionship or friendship? Come and see. Are you not sure what you're looking for? Come and see anyways. Come and see and then go and tell like Andrew. And when you've witnessed the presence of God in Jesus like Andrew did, be sure to bring someone with you the next time. Amen.
sharing the good news of your salvation throughout the earth. Bless the witness of missionaries, especially Carolyn Schneider at the United Theological College of the West Indies in Jamaica. Merciful God, the waters of baptism call us into spiritual, into life in the spirit. Preserve the world's waters, protect them from pollution, support plants and animals who depend on them, and bring rain in places of drought. Guide us in protecting local waterways, especially the Yahara River watershed, and in responding to devastating storms and floods like those in California. Merciful God. Our in Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Show your mercy to all nations, direct leaders to do your will, fill governing bodies with righteousness, equip judges with discernment and compassion. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. You incline your ear to all who cry to you. Draw near to individuals and communities suffering violence injustice, illness, or poverty. Hide them in the shadow of your hand and make us signs of your faithfulness to all in need. We pray especially for Chuck, Joanne, Sharon, Jim, and those we name now aloud or in our hearts. Merciful God, you are glorified in the servants you have called. With Martin Luther King Jr., give us bold trust in you. Even when it feels like a sharp sword or polished arrow, give us courage to receive your call to repentance and racial justice. Merciful God, In every place and time, you have sanctified your people. We praise you for the testimony of those who have died in the faith. Strengthen us as we wait for the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Merciful God. Loving God, we give you thanks for each person here, and we lift up especially those who are uh, celebrating the birthdays today, Don and Joyce and uh, Vicki, uh, Aaron and Jaden. We lift up all those who uh, we celebrate them and we celebrate their presence here with us today. We give you thanks as well for your presence with, uh, with Catherine, Aaron, Viasia these past few months in Puerto Rico, and we give you thanks for bringing them back safely to us again. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We bring to you our needs and hopes, O God, trusting your wisdom and power revealed in Christ crucified. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. I think we want to share a sign of peace.
please stand as you are able. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O holy God. You are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be a light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your son. He is your light shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat my body given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his preaching and healing, his dying and rising, and his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your spirit, bless us in this meal, that refreshed with this heavenly food, we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated while we share some instructions for communion. Communion today, you'll go to the side aisles and come forward. At the front of the side aisles, there are two small tables where you'll pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing. Uh, at the railing, you'll be filled with wine and you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them and bring them with you to the railing. After you commune at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. Uh, we want all friends and guests and visitors to know that you are very welcome to commune with us here at Trinity because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. The invitation, invitation to come and see, uh, taste the goodness of God is open to all. We extend our communion, our fellowship, uh, to those who are joining us online or by phone. We are glad that you are with us, um, and we are very pleased to be gathered with you around the one body of Christ this morning. Receive this invitation to communion. Come and taste the joy of God. Christ give to you. Good Lord.
we stand into our evil. May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever.
God who faithfully brings forth justice and breaks the oppressor's rod, bless, strengthen, and uphold you today and always. Amen. Amen.